And suddenly, a great tempest arose on the sea, so that the boat was covered with the waves. But he was asleep. Then his disciples came to him and awoke him. Lord, save us. We perish. Why are you fearful? Oh, you of little faith. Then he arose and rebuked the winds of the sea. And there was a great calm. So the men marveled. Who can this be that even the winds of the sea obey him? Good afternoon and good evening if it's that part of the world for you and it's that time frame for you. Glad to have you all here. I am Jason, your co-host with God and Jesus Christ at my side because they are the ones in charge. They are the host. Let's not forget that. They are the host of this show. They're the ones that pushed me to start this show for them. Therefore, they are the ones that are at the head of the table here and they are in the captain's chair. They're at the wheel and that means they are steering this ship through these crazy waters that we call life. So welcome. Glad to have you all here at His Hard Line. This is episode 516. We'll be doing a reading out of Genesis chapter 37. Then we'll do a little summary. And then we will um, get into the second show. Um, so anyway, I hope everybody's having a good morning so far. Uh, I know it's a nice morning here in Michigan. I'm looking outside my window. It's a bit overcast where we're at right here in the lakeshore. Um, we have this dumb robin. Now, I know I'm not supposed to name call or, you know, insult uh, God's creation, but we do. We have a dumb robin because I swear it's the same robin. We have a ton of robins in our yard. I've tried putting out birdhouses for them to allow them to create a good domicile in our backyard i gotta put out bird feed maybe that's why they're doing it but there's one robin that keeps pounding on our window 
Now, I've opened up all the blinds, all the shades, right? And yet this stupid bird keeps kamikazing and fighting with itself, I believe, its reflection in the window. It's getting bird poo all over my window. So I'm like every other day having to drag my hose out back and wash my windows. I got three of them. It's just, man, these things are just dumb. I mean, I get it. They have bird brains, so I don't expect them to be Albert Einstein's, but man, it is very frustrating to deal with. But in any event, yeah, so hmm, whatever. So anyways, it is, let's see, what date do we have today? It is Thursday, April 20th, 2023. So welcome to His Hard Line. Quick disclaimer before we get right into the reading. Remember, as I always state periodically on this podcast, I am not a doctor. I don't wear a white coat. Don't intend to either. I'm not a financial advisor. I'm not a pastor, priest, deacon, or biblical scholar, and I do not practice law. I'm not a lawyer. I'm not a member of the bar, so don't take your legal advice from me. I also am not the official face or voice of the national, state, or county assemblies. Additionally, I do not advocate for violence. I am my own man, and the opinions, thoughts, and statements are of my own unless I reference other material, which we will be here uh, doing when we read the Bible, because I read the Bible, I get my Bible verse, well, excuse me, I I read out of BibleGateway.com, and I read out of the New American Bible Revised Edition, and again, today we're going to be in chapter 37, this is where we're going to talk about Joseph being sold into Egypt, and then when I do the summary, I get that from BibleRef.com. Those are my two favorite sites, that's what I always reference and read from when I do these shows, just FYI, just so I give credit you know, credit due where it's, you know, needed and where it's deserved. Great resources, especially for any of you out there as well. Remember, I do have a clout hub too. If you ever want to see the live stream, all you're really going to see is really my hands moving in my phone, potentially when I'm reading something from my phone, you'll see this chat, you know, live uh, from Podbeam. Um, you'll see my microphone and basically my studio set up. It's nothing fancy. It's nothing that you're going to get, you know, like, you know, if you were to walk into like a, a professional radio studio. But you know what? For some dude in a basement out in suburbia America, it's actually not too bad. I like it and I'm happy with it. Um, it works out really, really good. So anyways, without further ado, let's get into the reading so we can get into the next show because my daughter and wife, they do have a dentist appointment because uh, we switch dentists and doctors to someone that's a little bit more holistic in nature. And so because of that, we have to drive further, um, you know, in distance to, to get those kinds of services. So uh, their appointments are, you know, a little after, you know, 12 or 1220 or something like that. So, you know, we got to make sure I get this done in an orderly time uh, because I do also want to vacuum the carpets. Um, I'm a freak when it comes to the carpets and floors, just like I am with the lawn. I like nice lines and and um, I always tell my wife, I'm like, don't vacuum. She's like, oh, no, no, I'll vacuum this week. I'll clean the floors. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. I'm like, no, 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 don't, don't vacuum. I said, I like it. And she goes, no, you just don't like how I vacuum. I'm like, okay, very true and fair point. You're right, but it's no different. Like, you know, she hates how I do dishes. She hates how I stack the dishes in the dishwasher. So it goes hand in hand. There's some things that I do that she can't stand. And then there's some things like vacuuming that I can't stand. But you know what? When she does do it, I do appreciate it. I don't care how it looks some days, but um, I do like lines. I don't know. That must be a guy thing. I don't know. It's a weird thing. Hmm. But I tell you, when we when we built this house, just a little sidebar, 
two of the biggest things that I was looking forward to, to having a, being a homeowner was lawn care, doing my lawn, right? Having the best lawn and, uh, and, and not necessarily the best lawn, but having a nice looking lawn and putting up Christmas lights. Don't ask me. It's a, I know I'm a freak. All right. Chapter 37, um, in Genesis, new American Bible revised edition. And I want to just say good morning to all my regulars, MAGA Grandma Am. We got Nancy S. And I want to say good morning to my beautiful wife, by the way. Wife, there is coffee upstairs. I did not take it all. I made some and I made sure there is more than enough for you. So just FYI, you got some coffee up there. Or I say up there. That's from my perspective, down there from your perspective. And then we have Mary S. Glad to have you here. I believe Mary might have her husband sitting next to her as well. Um, Keith, so I want to say uh, good morning to Mary and Keith and their little puppy dog. Um, she can't necessarily chat in the um, in the chat because I believe, if I recall correctly, when I talked to her at, a, at an assembly meeting, she doesn't do the app on the phone. She does it on desktop. And the desktop's very limited. That's why I think Kirk Pendergrass, when I tried having him on as a guest, I couldn't add him as a co-host because when you're on the desktop, it, it makes you very, very limited. It's like they almost force you to use the phone. But any event, okay, chapter 37, Joseph sold into um, Egypt. Verse 1, so Jacob settled in the land where his father had sojourned in the land of Canaan. This is the story of the family of Jacob. When Joseph was 17 years old, he was tending the flocks with his brothers, and he was an assistant to the sons of his father's wives, Bilhah and Zilpah. And Joseph brought their father bad reports about them. Now, Israel loved Joseph best of all his sons, so for he was the child of his old age, and he had made him a long ornamental tunic. When his brothers saw that their, fathers lo their father loved him best of all his brothers, they hated him so much that they could not say a kind word to him. Once Joseph had a dream, and when he told his brothers they hated him even more, he said to them, listen to this dream that I had. There, there we were binding sheaves in the sh in the in the field when suddenly my sheaf rose to an upright position and your sheaves formed a ring around my sheaf and bowed down to it his brother said to him are you really going to make yourself king over us will you rule over us so they hated him all the more because of his dreams and his reports then he had another dream and he told it to his brothers look I had another dream, he said. This time the sun and the moon and 11 stars were bowing down to me. When, when he told it to his father and his brothers, his father reproved him and asked, What is the meaning of this dream of yours? Can it be that I and your mother and your brothers are to come and bow down to the ground before you? So his brothers were furious at him, but his father kept the matter in mind. Now, <clears throat> one day when his brothers had gone to the pasture, their father's flocks at Shechem, Israel said to Joseph, are your brothers not tending our flocks at Shechem? Come and I will send you to them. I am ready, Joseph answered. Go then, he replied. See it all is well with your brothers and the flocks and bring back word. So he went, so he sent him off. From the valley of Hebron, when Joseph re reached Shechem, a man came up, came upon him as he was wandering about in the fields. What are you looking for? The man asked him. I am looking for my brothers, he answered. Please tell me where they are tending the flocks. The man told him, 
and they have moved on from here. In fact, I heard them say, let us go to Dothan. So Joseph went after his brothers and found them in Dothan. They saw him from a distance, and before he reached them, they plotted to kill him. They said to one another, here comes that dreamer. Come now, let us kill him and throw him into one of the cisterns here. We could say that a wild beast devoured him. We will see then what comes of his dream, dreams. But when Reuben heard this, he tried to save him from their hands, saying, We must not take his life. Then Reuben said, Do not shed blood. Throw him into the cistern into the wilderness, but do not lay hands on him. His purpose was to save him from their hands and restore him to his father. So when Joseph came up to his brothers, they stripped him of his tunic, the long ornamented tunic he had on. Then they took him and threw him into the cistern. The cistern was empty. There was no water in it. Then he sat down to eat. Looking up, they saw a caravan of Ishmaelites coming from Gilead. Their camels laden with gum, balm, and resin to be taken down to Egypt. Judah said to his brothers, What is to be gained by killing our brother and concealing his blood? Come, let us sell him to these Ishmaelites instead of doing away with him ourselves. After all, he is our brother, our own flesh. His brothers agreed. Midianite traders passed by and they pulled Joseph out of the cistern. They sold Joseph for 20 pieces of silver to the Ishmaelites who took him to Egypt. When Reuben went back to the cistern and saw that Joseph was not in it, he tore his garments. And returning to his brothers, he exclaimed, the boy is gone and I, where can I turn? They took Joseph's tunic, and after slaughtering a goat, dipped the tunic in its blood. Then they sent someone to bring the long ornamented tunic to their father with the message, We found this. See whether it is your son's tunic or not. He recognized and exclaimed, My son's tunic! A wild beast has devoured him. Joseph has been torn to pieces. Then Jacob tore his garments put sackcloth on his loins, and, mourn, and mourned his son many days. Though his son and daughters tried to console him, he refused all consolation, saying, No, I will go down mourning to my son in Sheol. Thus did his father weep for him. The Midianites, meanwhile, sold Joseph in Egypt to Potiphar, an official of Pharaoh and his chief stewards. And that is the reading of Genesis Chapter 37, verses 1 through 36. Very nice family of his, huh? That was very kind of them not to kill him and just say, you know what, we're just going to leave him, uh, we're just going to sell him off, right? That's very, very nice of them. Um, and I'm being facetious, by the way. But, hey, at least they didn't kill him, so that's good. Um, let me take a sip of my coffee from my hishardline.com uh, travel mug here, which, by the way, speaking of my travel mug and who made it, my boy Randy's in the house here. Welcome, Randy. Good morning. Glad to see you're here. Randy was missing in action for quite some time, not because he was mad at us, but his phone apparently blew up, and now he's got his phone back, and he is back in action, baby. So welcome, Randy. Glad to have you here and glad that your phone is good. But you know what? I got to be honest with you. I think if my phone blew up, it would probably be the most peaceful week of my life, realistically especially if I didn't have like a landline for people to get after me or, you know, get a hold of me. I think it would be a very peaceful time. 
Um, unfortunately, I have to use my phone at work to call my dispatch to check gallons for different gas stations and stuff like that when I do delivery. So, of course, being without a phone would not be um, ideal uh, unless, you know, work provided me with one. But, you know, it would be very peaceful, you know. So anyway, let me take a sip of coffee, French press coffee, by the way, with my hardline.com travel mug, which, by the way, if you want any type of type, you know, mug or anything like that made, um, travel mug, tumbler or anything like that, you can email Randy at just crafting around and the number two at gmail.com. That's J-U-S-T-C-R-A-F-T-I-N or mm, E-N. I don't know. Uh, Randy, put it up here on the screen because it's either E-N or I-N, just crafting around and the number two i believe it's en just crafting okay okay so it's j-u-s-t-c-r-o-f or excuse me j-u-s-t-c-r-a-f-t-e-n around a-r-o-u-n-d the number two at gmail.com there you go we'll get it right just for clarification purpose again j-u-s-t-c-r-a-f-t-e-n a-r-o-u-n-d the number two at gmail.com we have stuff like this um you know to do to you know we have we have a cricket my wife you know has made stuff we've gotten a little lazy in the little workshop down here but uh i don't know maybe we'll make some stuff i know i kept talking about making his hardline decals at least i haven't really done that i got them we got them designed i just haven't made them in mass maybe we should do that maybe i'll do that on friday maybe that'll be a project of mine either on friday or today I'll open up the, uh, the, the cricket and start maybe printing some off and maybe trying to, you know, maybe I'll give some away, but maybe try to sell some just to, you know, raise some funds here so I can continuously upgrade the studio area here. I don't know. We'll figure it out. But anyway, so let me take a sip of coffee here. I keep saying this and I don't. Oh, yeah, that's really good. And this mug keeps everything nice and hot. Very, very good. Okay. You know what I like about the His Hardline coffee mug? I get to see the face of Jesus all the time. At least what I would perceive it as being Jesus' face. Now, you know, nobody really has an actual, you know, it's disputed on what he actually looks like. Beard, no beard, you know, it's just, I, I hate those arguments. But you know what? I think Jesus looks however we have in our mind. I mean, it's it's very interesting. Like, for example, there's a movie on pure flicks the girl who believed in miracles long story short this is a little sidebar here um at the end of the movie and this is kind of a bit of a spoiler alert i'm sorry but um i'm making a point here with the face of jesus there was a big group of people that you know um was at this lake with this little girl who was about to pass away well jesus comes in this big ball of light then he reveals himself now she saw him as a man with a beard, right? Long hair, like we all typically see in a lot of the photos. Everybody behind her, different cultures, different viewpoints, they all saw Jesus in different ways. They saw him in jeans and a t-shirt. Some saw him as, you know, someone else. It's very interesting. It was very interesting. But everybody saw Jesus as somebody different in their mind. It's, it was really cool. But anyway, sorry, spoiler alert, but it is a good movie. Again, the little girl that believed in miracles on Pure Flix, really great movie. I love that movie. So back to Genesis chapter 37. So what, what did we exactly did we read? So beginning with this chapter, Genesis takes up, a, uh, takes up the story of Jacob's son, Joseph. 
Now, Joseph, just 17, is both deeply loved and deeply hated at the same time. Now, described as the son of Jacob's old age, as well as being the firstborn of Jacob's beloved late wife, Rachel, Joseph is clearly favored by his father over his older 10 half-brothers. Now, it's not surprising then to learn of their hatred for Joseph, especially when Jacob gives him the um, the princely multicolored robe or the tunic, as we were reading. Now, this gift may have been um, this gift may have indicted Jacob's plan to make Joseph his primary heir. Now, Joseph doesn't make it better. He reports on his brother's misdeeds to Jacob. He also tells them of a powerful prophetic dreams that he experiences that suggest that all of them that one day will bow down to him. Um, after that, <laughs> the fury and jealousy only just enrages and, and, and flares up from Joseph's, uh, Joseph's older brothers, um, you know, and it reaches a boiling point. And so they're basically ready to kill him. Now, apparently unaware of how bad things are, Jacob gives them just such an opportunity. Now, the 10 of them are pastoring the family's flock near Shechem, north of the family household in Hebron. Now, this is the same area where Jacob's song, sons, excuse me, sons, uh, demonstrated their willingness to engage in violence when angered. Now, Jacob's charges Joseph to go to his brothers alone to get a report on how the flocks are doing. Now, Joseph obeys and eventually locating his brothers even farther to the north near Dotham. When they see Joseph coming, the brothers immediately form a plan to kill him outright, and this is the chance that they've been waiting for. Now, they will kill him and throw his dead body in a nearby pit and report to their father that Joseph had been killed by a wild animal. Now, the oldest, however, objects, and Reuben insists that they throw Joseph alive into the pit, implying that they will leave Joseph to die in the wilderness. Now, Reuben's secret plan is to return and rescue Joseph later and bring him safely to Jacob. Having disgraced himself, it's possible Reuben sees this as an opportunity to be redeemed. Now, the brothers agree to Reuben's plan. And they strip Joseph of his multicolored tunic and lower him alive into the pit. And when they sit down to eat together while Reuben is away, they spot a caravan of traders traveling up the road to Egypt. So Judah suggests a new plan. He says, well, why not make some money and get rid of Joseph at the same time? You know, he'll still be alive. We make a little bit of cash and boom, right? So if they sell him as a slave instead of killing him and allowed him to die, they can actually claim that they are innocent of the blood of the family member as well. So it's kind of like a win-win for these people, right? So they so they all, you know, the, those that were present, they all agree. And then Joseph is immediately sold to the traders. Now, when Reuben returns and finds the pit empty, he is heartbroken. Much of the grief may be selfish and his mother, Leah, had hoped that giving birth to his son would make Jacob love her. Now, that son was Reuben, and her plan failed, and Reuben's scheme to present a rescued Joseph to his father had also fallen through. Now, to fully, it's amazing to see how God works here, all right? It is. It really is amazing to see how God works here and, and, and see what comes about with Joseph later, right? So Joseph seems to be in like all these bad scenarios, all these bad situations, but it ends up turning favorably for him because God turns all bad situations into a blessing. So to fully sell the lie that Joseph is gone and the brothers are innocent, they fabricate evidence. They kill a goat and smear the blood on Joseph's you know, tunic, which is, again, it's a unique robe. They return to Jacob. And cruelly ask him to confirm that this belongs to Joseph. Now, Jacob reaches the exact conclusion that they had hoped for, that Joseph had been 
eaten by a wild, wild animal. And so the brothers would have expected Jacob to be intensely grieved at the loss of you know, his favorite son. Now, even so, Jacob's shattered reaction seems to catch them by surprise. Typically mourning for a dead man in that era, formal steps such as wearing sackcloth might last as long as a month. But Jacob refuses to stop grieving and mourning or even to be comforted after the uh, customary time of mourning has come to come and gone. So this display is so emotional that Judah's, you know, Judah, the mastermind of the plot, will offer his own freedom while seeking to spare Jacob from another tragic loss. Now, from the time being, there is nothing else to be done, and Jacob is locked in a state of despair. Meanwhile, Joseph has arrived in Egypt, sold as a slave to an Egyptian officer named Potiphar. And as we get into chapter 38, it will relate some of the unpleasant events which happened to Jacob's family while Joseph is gone. And then when we get into chapter 39, we will resume to Joseph's story now as a captured slave. So that right there is the summary from BibleRef.com on uh, chapter 37 here in Genesis. So we're going to end here in prayer, and then we're going to start off the next show. And then we're going to get into a little discussion on the other side. So, hey, good morning, Rietta. Good morning, good morning. I bet you got your chocolate tea ready to rock and roll. You're you're in the uh, you're in the mix here, just in time for closing prayers. So if you have anything you want to add into the mix, go for it. Yeah, I know you just got up. It's like five a.m. over there. I don't I don't blame you. I wouldn't. You know, I tell you what. If you don't get up at five a.m. normally, except just to come on this show, I want to tell you thank you, because I don't think I would ever do that with anybody, even someone in my own family. To be honest with you. I like my sleep too much, even though 5 a.m. is like sleeping in for me typically. Actually, I, I woke up two hours before my alarm clock at precisely a little after five, and um, I was wide awake, but I had to force myself to go back to sleep. But uh, 5 a.m. for me is like sleeping in considering I get up at 2 a.m. Okay. Dear Heavenly Father, <clears throat> good morning, first off, and thank you for another another day to wake up and 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 have another day to do it right. We thank you for a good morning or afternoon and evening, depending on who's listening to this at what time around the world. I want to say thank you for giving us the breath of life. Thank you for our family. And thank you for the day ahead. Let us be instrumental in your plans. Moment by moment, day by day. Use us to bring joy to the world, to bring hope to the world, to bring hope to men and women all around, to your people. We see the major awakening that's happening across this country and people are turning to you, God, and, and it's a beautiful thing. Love seeing it. So keep using us. Allow us to be instrumental for your divine plan. And we pray, um, let me scroll down a little bit, and we pray, oh, and there we go. I was just waiting for it. There we go. And then Rietta also adds to the prayer, Lord, please give us traveling mercies we are so thankful that we get to see our daughter and her husband lord thank you for all you are doing in this world and we know you are saving souls and also to add uh, to that as well um, we pray for special intentions as well for those that need it and we pray all of this in your holy son's name jesus christ amen amen ladies and gentlemen i tell you i, tell, I love i love doing prayers prayers is, prayers are fun um 
it's one of the most, you know, powerful forms of, uh, you know, it's our most powerful weapon of warfare. You know, my wife and I had a very interesting discussion last night, which maybe I might get into, I don't know, but uh, on the other side, but not too many details, but, you know, just, just in general about what we're seeing in the world and just, you know, the warfare that we're seeing is something that many of our parents and grandparents never realized was really truly happening back in their day. And more and more people are starting to wake up to the evil atrocities that are really truly happening that actually have been going on for hundreds and thousands of years. This is one of the biggest reasons why they're trying to take over the family and trying to destroy the family with this LGBT and transgender and you know gender mutilation agenda. You destroy the family, you destroy the nuclear, you know, you destroy you destroy somebody's ability to procreate, you destroy the family, you destroy the nuclear family. And when you destroy the family, you take away morals and ethics and values and a love for God and Jesus Christ out of the equation. You demoralize a nation, and when you demoralize a nation, you can take it down from within, and that's exactly what these evil demons are trying to do. That's why his hardline exists. We discuss everything God, wellness, family, and country. Nothing else, nothing more, because there really is nothing else. Yes, I know I discuss some things every once in a while of what's going on around the world, but I try to keep that at a very large minimum. I try to keep it assembly-related, family-related, God-related, of course, and wellness-related. I was actually talking to my wife about maybe having her on the show to discuss the, you know, the joys, the rewards and the pains, as well as the benefits of being a stay at home full time mom and homeschool teacher. So that is what you guys can look forward to here in the coming, um, you know, in the coming weeks, depending on when my wife, you know, gets some material put together of what she researches, because I don't want to just put her on the spot. She's like, yeah, if you just let me know in advance, this way I have some time to you know, read and research some things. And then of course, you know, she would give her own personal testimony on what she experiences on a day-to-day -day basis. I think it would make for a good few shows, you know? So anyways, without further ado, we're going to um, <clears throat> bid you adieu, I should say. And uh, we will come back on the other side. Give us a minute and uh, yeah, we'll see you on the other side. If we don't see you on the other side, remember what's today. Today is Thursday. We'll be back here tomorrow morning. Oh, and a little quick update. So I did get Mike Gill. He emailed me back. Um, it does take him a, a couple of emails. So I guess I do have to be the squeaky wheel because I'm sure he gets a lot of emails in his, uh, in his email. Um, we're going to try hopefully to shoot for middle next week. I was going to try to have him on this Friday. He said he has a meeting this Friday evening. So we're going to try to shoot for ideally Wednesday evening next week at 7 PM, which would mean I would do the um, you know, the, 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 the Bible reading a little earlier, like maybe six fifteen. I would probably do it just a little earlier just, um, to do it. And then, you know, to be able to get set up, call Mike Gill and get him on the air so we can start the podcast. So we're, we're going to see, hopefully, you know, we're going to see, cause like I said, he's a very busy man and, and, um, you know, we'll do our absolute best. So, uh, we'll see on the other side. God bless. And we'll talk in a minute. And suddenly, a great tempest arose on the sea, so that the boat was covered with the waves. But he was asleep. Then his disciples came to him and awoke him. Lord, save us. We perish. Why are you fearful? Oh, you of little faith. Then he arose and rebuked the winds of the sea. And there was a great calm. So the men marveled. Who can this be that even the winds of the sea obey him? 